Welcome back to the Brothers in Christ podcast, finishing up Haggai with chapter 2 today. So let's just jump right in and get started. Okay, let's just start reading. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Alright, well, starting off, I think it's really funny. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just, like, lays it on. I I mean, it's the truth, but he just lays it on. He's like, is this temple anything like the temple that Solomon built in its beauty? And the people are like, no, it looks pretty bad compared to that. And But after that, he does encourage them. And he's like, I, I will still use what the imperfect imperfections that you provide i will i will still use those even if it's not as grand as solomon's temple and i think um a new testament connection to make with that is that god's spirit dwells in us like imperfect and sinful beings that we are god has chosen us to be his new temple and so i just think that's really cool that god uses us even through the imperfections and sin and evil in our hearts to like be his dwelling place on earth and show the na- and to show the nations his glory like he did through the temple in the old testament times uh, i mean yeah this passage very clearly speaks to our lives i think and how we are wrecked and messed up just like how like if god came down and spoke into our lives, he'd be like, is this anything like what I want you to live like? And we'd be like, uh, no. If we're being honest, we are living terrible, awful lives. But I think the beauty of that is that, as God says in this passage, I am still able to use it, and I will use it for my purposes. Even if all our motives are selfish, self-centered, and like not looking to glorify God, he will use them for for his purposes. Yeah, and looking at the latter part of this passage and making another New Testament connection, God says he will shake the treasures of all nations and basically use them to restore the temple to its former glory, I think. And so that's what God does in our lives. Like Through his Holy Spirit, he cleans out our hearts and restores us to what humanity was supposed to be. 
And again, I just think that's really cool. And that God chooses to do that for us and do that that we could never do on our own. And, and I just think it's really cool that God is able and will do that in our hearts. I also think that this passage is pointing forward to when God will establish his his new kingdom um like after he comes back and it's looking forward to when God will win and establish his new kingdom and that that's what we have to look forward to also in this context like not just this temple but also the everlasting temple that will be built through Christ. So I guess it's pointing forward to Christ, to the coming of Christ, and then the return of Christ. And I also like how when it talks about the silver is mine and the gold is mine, I think this is talking about how God is the one who provides our strength and the resources that we need to build strong, healthy temples or lives in this case, if we're applying it to us today. And apart from him, we really can't do anything. And we'll be committed to fruitless efforts that won't get us anywhere. And we'll most likely end up hurting us and the people around us instead of glorifying God like it should. And so I think this passage shows a reliance that we need to have on God to provide the stuff that we need. Alright, we can we will continue to read. On the twenty fourth day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, No. Then Haggai said, If someone who is if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, It does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with his this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. Now then consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, there were but twenty. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and mildew and with hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Consider... Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. I mean, wow. <laughs> I think the Lord lays it on big time again. Do you agree? Um, like, I mean, first of all, he like asks the priest question, or through Haggai, he asks the priest questions. And I mean easy questions that the priest would know and then he just turns it around on him and goes yeah well that's you ouch it's a gut punch but i it does make a very clear point to the people at that time that oh shoot like we're just as unclean and sinful as 
we as what we think about like dead bodies and stuff it i think it really puts it into perspective for for them and it should for us how sinful we are how we can't make anything around us clean or ourselves clean by any measure but it's all through god and his grace and mercy that we are able to actually do good things instead of just make everything unclean yeah and i'd also like to point out again like how easy it is for us to lapse into sin and disobedience to god because even after haggai had to talk to the israelites like four times they still they still were like not fully not wholeheartedly committed to serving god and building his temple and so haggai points them back to what life was like before they decided to even build the temple and he's like you did not fare well when you weren't disobeying god and so like why would you want to lapse into that again so he like points them back to that to remind them that no you shouldn't lapse into this disregard of god basically right i think he points back to their trials and he's like this is what happened without god and the terrible things that you went through and you still have not learned from that you still need god but through building this temple you have shown some faithfulness and in that god wants to bless you that's like a great promise for us is even though we go through hard trials through life um it's i think honestly sometimes it's just to show us that on our own we're helpless powerless that we need god in our lives but i think that once we realize that and become faithful to him even though our lives still are not easy they are much much more fruitful than they ever were pre before him and we receive all these gifts like joy and hope that are just incredible and change our everyday lives and like i'd also like to point out how the israelites still need to have faith even after they have well begun to obey god because in the last couple verses it says that the vine the fig tree the pomegranate and the olive tree still have yielded nothing so the israelites had to have faith that god was still going to keep his promises even though he hadn't fulfilled them yet and so yeah i just think that that is so true for us because we have not we have also not seen the fulfillment of god's promises yet but we need to have faith that he will fulfill them and that he is true to his word yeah um i guess let's just finish the chapter right now the word of the lord came a second time to haggai on the 24th day of the month speak to zerubbabel governor of judah saying i am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms i'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and the riders shall go down every one by the sword of his brother on that day declares the lord of hosts i will take you o zerubbabel my servant the son of shealtiel declares the lord and make you like a signet ring for i have chosen you declares the lord of hosts so i think this ending talking to zerubbabel is it's a pretty sweet promise that you will be like the signet ring of the lord like how amazing would that be 
right? Like a signet signet ring was used to. Judy, you want to explain what a signet ring does? <laughs> a signet ring was a ring that provided evidence of royal authority and ownership, and so, like a king sealing legal documents with his ring, the lord sets his authentic impression upon the lord with it through his royal re- representative. Right, so like Zerubbabel now gets to bear the truth and what God says to the people or like what what God's lo- motives and laws are to the people and he's he's almost becoming like God's personal messenger. Well, that's kind of what a signet ring does and that would be so cool. I think it's kind of interesting that they don't just like call him, say that he he's going to become a prophet, right? Like, he's going to carry out the word of the Lord to them, but it's more specific than that in this case, I think. And it really goes to show, the like, what faithfulness in the Lord can do for you. Yeah, and so I think that this passage really points out how the coming of God's future kingdom will equal both glorification for God's children and punishment for God's enemies like Haggai brings up a graphic description of the exodus where God just like just wiped out the Egyptian army to save his people and so that will be what happens in the future God will wipe out his enemies and save his people through that so I just wanted to point that out yeah one of the points that I thought stood out in this last section is God's sovereignty over the nations and how oftentimes they're oppressing the the Israelites or Jews or whoever, but it's still all part of his purpose. And even though sometimes it looks like, what? why would God want that? He's still using that. He's still in control. And his will will be done. Um, Just understanding the Bible as a complete narrative. The ending of this book is really open and vague. And it's kind of like, well, once you've read the previous prophets that talk about the coming of the Messiah, you're like, well, is Zerubbabel the Messiah? Like, is he the one who's going to save Israel? And so that really prompts you to keep reading into the New Testament to see whether or not this comes to pass in Haggai's generation. Yeah, so some of the points that I got from this last chapter, just to like sum sum up, I guess, is that really how it's pointing forward to the coming perfect temple. So I guess like through Christ, he will build this kingdom and temple that will be much better than anything we could ever accomplish on our own and like yeah so it's pointing forward to that and then also to his coming back when sin will be punished forever and then how how his glory will reign forever and ever and I think it points to how reliant we are on God for our strength and resources right how we are unclean as 
a human race and very sinful that we are dead in our sins and we need him to really do anything good all all our goodness stems from him and then lastly that god is in control even when it doesn't feel like it it's the best thing that we can do is to rely on him seek his strength um because he has a plan overall he will use it and there's nothing out of his control so that will be the ending to Haggai thank you so much for listening thanks guys again for listening hope you enjoyed it this was a more difficult book I would say but I I hope that it was as helpful as it was for us to prepare for it and yeah just thanks again